All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of O365A. Uh, in this episode, we are going to be talking about AI bots using your data with Copilot Studio, brought to you by our very own Curtis Johnstone. Curtis, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I think no intro is needed. Everybody <laughs> knows me. But uh, what a lot of people probably don't know is I've been immersed in the world of AI bots and uh, specifically bots using your data. So, of course, last year was uh, all AI and conversational bots were front and center of that. Um, and that's very closely related to the whole Microsoft Copilot experience, which uh, Copilot uses a large language model plus other data. It grounds um, the, the model with other data to answer questions, summarize te text, all that good stuff. Uh, there's a number of corporate scenarios, uh, organizational scenarios, where if you... Um, use uh, an AI, AI bot with your own data, something like uh, an HR policy document or an expense policy document, um, you can surface a bot to your users and allow them to ask a natural language question and get a, a response back. So rather than just sitting and reading those documents, it's a very interactive, intuitive experience. Uh, some of the scenarios which can, this is really useful for, uh, I mentioned like HR and expense document, but you can imagine things like uh, a support knowledge base for products and services. So uh, if you ground a conversational bot with a knowledge base on products and services, you can open that up to your support team. You can even open it up to your customers and end users, which uh, they can use to uh, research and solve issues with, uh, with products. Another good scenario is a sales bot. So you can um, create a custom AI, AI bot on your sales library of uh, documents explaining the, the products and services. And this can help your, uh, your sales force when they're in a customer meeting, going into a customer engagement. Um, they can get quick answers to questions about the capabilities of the products. So lots of uh, good use cases there. Uh, what I want to demo today is um, creating a, a custom co-pilot with your data and then deploying that into Microsoft Teams. So the big benefit of deploying it into Microsoft Teams, um, as Microsoft likes to say, say, it's where work happens and it's very chat-based. So it lends itself well to um, just being accessible to end users. You'll have a, a chat bot uh, built with your own data uh, for the different scenarios I, I mentioned. Um, and before I get started, there's, there's two ways to do this. So one, you can go into Microsoft uh, Copilot Studio. You can actually just create your own Copilot with your data there. Or you can actually go into uh, Azure OpenAI and create a conversational bot, upload your data, and then deploy that bot as a virtual agent into Copilot Studio. And then from there, publish it into Microsoft Teams. So um, both ways work. Um, in terms of advantages, disadvantages, the one nice thing about Azure OpenAI is you're basically creating your own AI model and you have a more control over that AI experience. There's more knobs and controls to uh, basically control the response that's given back. And you're also guaranteed with Azure OpenAI that uh, any custom data you upload is stays in your Azure uh, subscription, your boundary, like you're guaranteed from a privacy and compliance perspective that that, that data is in your Azure subscription. So a couple of differences there, but um, before I get started, any uh, any questions from you guys? 
In terms of um, in terms of simplicity, I guess using uh, Copilot Studio would probably be the an easier start for for people new to all of this. Or yeah, good question. Absolutely, it's um, it's very easy. I'll, I'll show you. You can actually just create a Copilot, upload one or more files, and then have a, a AI bot running on on that data within minutes. So I suggest people start there, and then if that experience isn't fulfilling your needs or you need greater control over the AI experience, then you can go with the Azure OpenAI route. So, so just to follow up, if you started in Copilot Studio, could you make modifications um, using Azure OpenAI like, and, and do some other customizations, that type of thing? Or uh, No, you have to choose one or the other. Okay. Um, in Copilot Studio, when you do a, a Copilot there, there are some knobs and controls. It's just not as many over the the AI, like how it uses the AI model in terms of how it does the search. Uh, for that, you need to go into the uh, Azure OpenAI um, studio and create that experience. If you you know train the model on your your data, like you're saying, does that does it disconnect from the LLM? Like in like if they if Microsoft releases a new version of you know the the underlying um, language model, does it can you easily upgrade to that new model, or do you have to start from scratch? Uh, you need to start from scratch. So <laughs> since you asked that question, I'll show you the uh, Azure OpenAI experience. Basically, you come into Azure OpenAI, you launch Azure OpenAI Studio, and start a new conversational bot. Well, actually, let, let's do that right from get-go. My machine's a little slow. It's just loading. Um, so to answer your question, Michael, if there's a new large language model released, you'll have to actually do a new deployment and then um, upload your data again and uh, sort of recreate that conversational bot. So th this is the chat playground right here. Uh, you can see this is the large language model you you choose to uh, use on your bot. Uh, this one's GPT TurboPlay. But uh, if you want to use GPT-4 or another model, basically how it works in Azure is you deploy a model in your subscription, and then it'll show up for use there. So if you had uh, um, built a chat bot with that model and then grounded it with your data, and then that model changed, you'd have to actually redo it again with um, uh, the updated model. All right, so I'll, I'll just leave that for a minute. I'll go into the Copilot uh, Studio experience. This is it, this is Copilot Studio. And when you come in, basically all the Copilots uh, you created are, are listed here. Um, in the terms of creating a new one, it's uh, pretty straightforward, new Copilot. Um, we'll just call this uh, demo test v1. And it's pretty cool. Right out of the box, you can um, uh, ground your copilot with generative AI from a website, for example. Uh, we're not going to do that. Uh, advanced options, there's not much. Um, it's just where to store the, uh, the copilot in terms of your power platform solution folder. I'll just leave that um, as is. So we'll go ahead and create that. So once this is set up, the thing we have to do is um, tell the copilot to use our data to answer questions. 
So we're going to do that by just uploading a fictitious corporate expense policy for a, a fictitious company called Brisket uh, Corp. So uh, the basic bot is set up. Uh, you can test it in the left-hand side here. You can say hello. And for those who aren't familiar with uh, AI bots, in Copilot, how it works is it's all based on topics and intentions. So a topic is just a phrase which matches a user intention. For example, if they say goodbye or hello or start over, it will trigger that topic. And then um, for those familiar with Power Platform, this topic uh, can branch off and use certain skills, use certain connectors, use certain data. And it's a whole flow that ends up back as a response into the bot. So out of the box, you get these topics. Um, now what we'll do is we'll go into the generative AI settings and you'll see here, we can upload a document. This is where we'll provide the uh, expense policy that we created. So here's my fictitious PDF, which uh, represents the uh, expense policy. I'll go ahead and upload that. So the file uploads complete um, and it uploads this data into the Power Platform Dataverse. And right now it's actually crunching it behind the scenes, it's indexing it, and then it's making it available to the, the co-pilot. Um, so that will take uh, a couple of minutes. Uh, while it's doing that, I'll draw your attention down here. This is really important. This is the setting you, you wanna light up to use uh, your data. So they use this term called boost conversational coverage. And basically what that's doing is it'll add a topic, which when the bot gets an unknown intent, an unknown topic, in this case, questions about our expense policy, it'll trigger generative AI answers with our data. So I'll go ahead and turn that on. I noticed at the top, uh, there is, you're able to link to your own SharePoint sources as well. So you could have, uh, you know, a, a site that has a collection of your policies that you could reference instead of uploading kind of on the per document basis or? Yep, absolutely. Kind of so you can use a, you can use a website, of course it has to be public facing or a, a SharePoint uh, site. Um, I haven't played much with the SharePoint stuff, but uh, yeah, that could be really valuable, especially if you have, you know, a SharePoint site library, like I said, with sales documents or, you know, support documents. All right, so that's enabled, our document's uploaded. Now I'll warn you, it can take up to, I've had various results, five to sometimes 10 minutes for um, it to fully index your data. This is a pretty small document, so it should happen quickly and then connect it to Copilot. Um, so what I've done is I've created one before this demo just to, to show you, and it's the brisket expense. Uh, bot. So this was created earlier today. And I'll quickly show you that uh, that AI setting that we enabled. If you go into system topics, you'll see this conversational boosting uh, topic. That's the Gen AI um, capability that we lit up. And you can see here the trigger is on unknown intent. So when, you get, when we give it a question about the expense policies and it doesn't match any other topic, it'll come in here. And then it'll 
it'll actually create generative answers based on our data. So let's give it a try. You can test the, the bot here in the uh, left-hand pane. So I'll ask it um, what type of expenses are covered. It'll go off, it'll send that to the bot and then to the co-pilot. And hopefully you'll see it here. It'll, it'll actually light up, it'll trigger on this topic. There we see it. The, uh, the teal color here shows that it uh, matched this condition. And it went, went through, uh, consulted our data, came back with this response. So here we get a quite a nice answer. The expense policy covers various types of expenses related to business travel, including da da da. And what's really nice with the whole Copilot technology, you can see it returns the uh, the references here, and they're clickable. So uh, you know, here we can actually click on the citation, and it shows us the um, the snippet from the expense policy that answered the question. We try another question like. Uh, What is the maximum amount covered for a hotel? And actually that might not be in the uh, expense document, so I'm not sure if <laughs> that was a good question. I'll try, uh, try another one. Um, it's another good question. How about uh, our remote work expenses covered? And you can see on that last question, it didn't have a match. So it, it chose the uh, the other conditions, which is basically it didn't get a match. Here it did get a match on uh, the remote work expense question. And it came back with a, a good answer. And again, we can click on that reference and see the, um, uh, the place in the document that it pulled that answer out from. So Kurt, at the beginning when you when there was like the website portion of it to sort of ground it, could that could that be like the SharePoint site of like a knowledge base or maybe like the HR site or something like that that would do sort of the same function as well rather than uploading a PDF document? Yep, that's the intention. Like I said, if you have a SharePoint library of documents, I'm just not sure if you can point it to the root of the SharePoint site and it'll just bring in all that content or if you have to individually do it. But yeah, that's the idea. Uh, you can uh, ground all this on your SharePoint content for sure. And when you build it fully in Copilot Studio, you don't are you able to select which LLM is being used, or is it just there's a set one that's used? There's a set one that's used, and when I referenced, if you do it in Azure OpenAI, you have more controls. That, that's one of the things you can do. Yeah. Is there? advantages over like how do you know which model to pick if you're doing it from the azure ai side where you have the more controls is there you know any kind of recommendations of which models to use depending on what you're trying to do yeah good question so of course uh probably the most famous general purpose large language model is gpt and the latest version is four uh, so gpt4 will sort of give you the generally the best uh natural language translation and be able to uh, sort of give you the best results from a Gen AI perspective. Having said that, uh, the differences between um, like GPT 3.5 and like this Turbo Play and 4, if you're using it primarily for your data, are very small. Um, 
And what the other factor that comes in here, like I said, you deploy the large language models in your Azure subscription and they're available for you to use. The newer models are more expensive. So this GPT Turbo Play, I think it's sort of like um, a stripped down version of GPT 3.5. It's very comparable and it's it's quite quite affordable in terms of the large language models. Um, so I, I think the general rule, if you're doing highly scalable stuff and need like the latest, greatest um, GPT uh, capabilities, and you want to go with GPT 4.0. And, and how does the pricing work if you're using Copilot Studio? Yeah, good question. So this is all done. Uh, you can use it in trial for free. Um, I think we were chatting before the call. It looks like the the first basic tier is uh, $200 a month, and that's licensed per the volume of messages that the bot handles. And that $200 a month gives you up to 25,000 messages. So that's a, that's a pretty big tier, um, but it's also $200 a month. But uh, from a Copilot Studio perspective, I think that's uh, how it's priced. Does that price include the LLM if you're just using Copilot Studio, like any usage on the LLM? Or because I think I'm, I'm assuming if you're using the Azure AI Studio, you're probably paying for the AI services and, and, and that LLM. Exactly. Yeah. So that uh, $200 a month, my understanding is that includes the use of Copilot use of any LLM, where in the Azure OpenAI, uh, the the pricing is more piecemeal. You pay for the uh, LLM deployment, and then you'll pay for a couple of peripheral services like Azure Cognitive uh, Search, which is now renamed Azure Azure Search. And again, even in Azure Search, there's all these different tiers based on your volume and the type of capabilities you need. Uh, you know, and uh, actually, that's a, a really good segue, Michael. I just want to show people one key setting. Uh, if you do do a conversational bot in Azure OpenAI um, and you upload your data, in my case, I uploaded it to Blob Storage, then I used Azure Cognitive Search um, to index it. And I followed everything and I deployed it to uh, Microsoft Copilot. I could not get it to work. And after many, many hours, I finally figured out what the issue was. Back to pricing. So Azure Search, um, this is my Azure Cognitive Search. Um, you can see my indexes here. Every time I upload a, a PDF of the expense policy, I can create a cognitive search index. These are my indexes. But to get it to work in a copilot, the query type it uses is semantic, semantic search. And what you need to do is go into your Azure search deployment, click semantic ranker, and it's off by default. So you need to enable it for it to work. Uh, when you enable it, there's basically two tiers. There's a free tier and a standard tier. Um, I selected the free tier here. That's what's um, selected, but by default, there isn't one. So that free tier is pretty good. You get up to 1,000 requests uh, per month, but that is something else to consider from a pricing perspective. That's a good uh, section for me to ask my question, Kurt. Um, I was wondering about... In, about um, Let's say you upload a document and or uh, you're pointing to a website or, you know, like there's additional documents, let's say, in the website or something like that. How often does the um, indexing happen? Like, does it refresh the, the reading of the document on a 
<clears throat> like a daily basis, weekly basis kind of thing? Or is it like you have to sort of kick it off to kind of do it? Yeah, it's a good question. For So for this example here where I went in, I just added my own data through a file. There's no um, option, at least right now, to like auto update that. And you can see even I, all, all this is pretty new technology and this uploading a document is a, a preview uh, feature. So it's not that advanced yet, but I can see the evolution of this feature probably supporting that. Um, in terms of the other Gen AI capabilities like public web websites and SharePoint sources, it's actually a good question. I'm not 100% sure. Because um, I, I think in the case of public websites, how a copilot works is it just consults that as uh, one data source in its step of resolving the user's question. So I think with a website, it actually is more real time. And you can see in the help, it, it actually makes mention that. Um, if it's an external website, make sure it's indexed or found by by Bing, because what Copilot does is it takes the user's question, it breaks it down, it'll actually do a, a Bing search on on those index uh, uh, query fields, and then use the large language model based on the results it gets. So I think with a website, it's actually real time, and on for SharePoint, I'm not uh, I'm not really sure to be honest. Okay, cool. I was actually uh, going to ask a question about the types of generative AI documents you could point it at. And uh, while you were while you were chatting, I was specifically thinking, "Oh, hey, can you point it? Will it will it parse video?" And the answer is no. But um, it's quite an extensive list of documents that it supports, like Word, Excel, PowerPoint, PDFs, but uh, among a bunch of other types. But it'd be really interesting when you could point it toward libraries of videos and um i wonder if that's something that'll be roadmapped i mean that would certainly be uh pretty powerful if it could eventually do that yeah well it's actually uh there today not in copilot studio but on the azure open ai side of the fence um there's a new microsoft service i think it's called custom vision and you can use that service with azure open ai to do video and uh, I've seen some pretty impressive demos where, like, you know, you can see security footage and ask um, of a store and ask, did any unusual events happen yesterday? And it's basically AI is able to, like, analyze the video and see if something weird happened out of the no out of the norm during that that time frame. So, um, but to your point, you know, be really really powerful once it comes to the copilot uh, uh, capabilities. All right. Um, I mentioned I wanted to actually try to deploy this as a Microsoft Teams bot. So let's try that. And how you do that is Copilot uses these um, uses the concept of channels. So when you publish your bot, you can pick a channel. So one uh, supported channel is Microsoft Teams. So we'll just go into the publish. Uh, the, the publish section here and here down here is where you actually configure the channels. So you go to the channels. These are the different um, endpoints you can publish to a website, even a mobile app. This is Microsoft Teams. So when you come in here uh, by default, it's not configured. 
Um, you can see down here, I'll just turn on Teams. So it's adding this as a channel that this copilot can be published to. And you can control the name of it, the icon, all that good stuff. But uh, we'll just keep this uh, as default for the demo. So now that that channel is added, uh, we can go publish. And this can take uh, some time to actually like publish it as a bot available to teams. Um, I have one ready that I did before this. All right, so yeah, this particular one was the uh, one I did with using an Azure OpenAI endpoint um, with my data that I created. So um, yeah, you can come in and ask it questions like, uh, do I require receipts? So this bot is now going, going out um, through Copilot, asking my Azure OpenAI instance. Um, I didn't didn't know the answer to that one, but I could try um, something else. Oh, sorry, I had the wrong bot. I deployed a couple of them. Um, what type of expenses are covered? So it gave me a, a basic uh, answer here. I could ask it more questions. Uh, what was the other one I used? Um, so our remote work from home expenses covered. It goes out, it'll consult the copilot, and it comes back with a nice answer about what's covered. So I, I find this really powerful. Um, you know, people will be in teams working away. You can upload a, like I said, an HR document or an expense policy. And how many of us have been traveling? You wonder whether something's covered like an Airbnb, right? So if it's right here in teams, you can ask it and get an immediate uh, answer. All right, uh, so that's that. Um, what do you guys think? Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I yeah. remember playing with the the old like Q and A Azure services and trying to connect to the bot framework and trying to build a lot of this manually, and it still didn't give you the conversational responses. Right, you would have to like basically build any kind of responses. Right, so the fact that you can use the GPT stuff to to fill in the gaps, I think that's that's pretty slick. Yeah, what I like about it, to your point, Michael, I remember the days of the, those Q&A bots and you had to use Lewis, the natural language service, and there was a lot of tech work and expertise required to just get this basic stuff up and running. But you saw how that sim how simple it was in Copilot, just to get something basic up and running. And from there, you can validate it with your end users, how valuable it is, and just expand the capabilities. Um, so I, I think that's really fantastic. It's, it's uh, really bringing this... Uh, you know, generative AI bot functionality to to people 
who can just do low code. So that's uh, that's great. So, and then I, so I assume that like from a privacy and security perspective, it adheres to like all the M365, you know, policies from that perspective, like you can only see the data that you have access to um, and, and so on, right? Yeah, it does. And Microsoft has some really good references, which tell you exactly, you know, from a compliance and security perspective, what's, what their policies are. Uh, but you're right to be, but in terms of Copilot Studio, it falls under that whole M365 regular compliance and security and governance um, umbrella, if you will. I, I will, you know, uh, suggest to um, our listeners, though, if you're going to build um, any chat AI bot with your own data, be really careful if that data has any sensitive data. Um, know what you're exposing, know who you're exposing it to, and, and really pay attention to the, uh, the privacy and compliance um, settings and, you know, do read those, those policies from Microsoft. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap. Um, yeah, when we publish this episode, too, I can post uh, links to all the Copilot and Azure OpenAI AI stuff. And uh, happy, uh, happy bot creation. Awesome. Thanks very much, Kurt. And yeah. uh, thanks everyone for listening in. And hopefully we'll catch you on our next episode.